everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, and I want to mention, if you want to continue to get those CDs, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. We're going to be picking up the phone. You know, um, there, there are, I, I get to talk with a lot of people. I get to to think about a lot of things uh, in, in the occupation I have right now, and that is uh, being a radio host here in Seattle and in, in other places in the country and, and, of course, in my, my Tampa Bay folks that are listening to this as well. And, you know, and I get to really look at a lot of different books. And I have to tell you that um, the book that I have in front of me has really gotten me to think Think beyond the number of minutes I have in this show to have a conversation with Jim Wallace. The book I'm referring to is God's Politics, Why the Right Gets It Wrong and the Left Doesn't Get It. Jim Wallace, Jim Wallace an, an, an evangelical uh, public theologian, is a nationally renowned preacher, faith-based activist, and author of seven books. Um, he is also the founder of Sojourners, and that is a nationwide network of progressing, progressive Christians. He is the editor of the magazine and the magazine covers faith, politics, culture. He's also, beyond what you read here, he's also a much-needed soul on this planet. Someone that's going to speak up for the poor. Someone that's going to speak up for, uh, you know, folks that uh, want peace in the world. And he has done that not only by the many things he's involved with, by, by traveling the country, by talking about the book, but he's an activist and he takes a stand. And he takes a stand in many ways. And we're thrilled to have him with the show today. Uh, Time Magazine uh, once named Jim as one of the 50 faces for America's future. And so, you know, Jim, uh, thank you so much for joining the show today. Should I call you Reverend Jim? No, just call me Jim. Okay. <laughs> Should I call you doctor? Just call me Pat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought about today it being 9-11 and uh having you on the show and uh and as i read the book i had many many questions to ask you and i know our time is limited but i i've got to ask you this question and it's a question that i ask everyone is all that you're doing traveling the world you know what you've decided to stand for in this lifetime i've got to ask you what are some of the challenges what are some of the obstacles you've personally had to face to bring you to this very moment well, you know, um, I, I think the two great hungers in our world today are the hunger for spirituality, on the one hand, and the hunger for social justice, on the other hand. And the connection between the two is the one the world is waiting for. <laughs> and so sometimes people focus on religion and spirituality and, and piety and self-help, really apart from the world in which we're living and it become can become very self-serving and very narcissistic i think so mm -hmm. the quest for spirituality without it being disciplined by the struggle for justice by 30,000 kids who died yesterday today and, and, and will tomorrow because of uh, lack of clean drinking water and no food and diseases none of my kids i have a three-year-old and an eight-year-old they, they will never die over their friends but the quest for justice uh if it's stripped of its spiritual sort of uh, center and roots and, and nourishment can become angry and we can get burnt out and we can get very ideological and strident. And so to me, the connection between the quest for spirituality and the struggle for justice is really the life-giving thing. And I get, you know, 
both sides, I think, sometimes get it wrong. And the book says the right gets it wrong and the left doesn't get it. And that's often the case, I think. Well, you, you know, this book has really led to some conversations, at least for me, in my close circle of friends, as I've been uh, sharing what I've been reading. And, you know, you're traveling, you're talking to a lot of people. And uh, there are a couple of, of, of pieces in the book that really hit me and hit me right between the eyes. One of them is the chapter that, you know, you talk about which talks about not being afraid. And here we are on this day, 9-11. Here we are with, um, with years of living in a vibration of fear. And the question is, what would God do? You know, um, I'm in the Bay Area today and I'm coming to Seattle on Wednesday. And uh, I was watching all the coverage this morning, of course, of 9-11. And it strikes me that um, September 11th could have been a teachable moment mm. for America. Um, you know, on that day, our illusion of invulnerability was shattered. In Sarajevo, Cape Town, Tel Aviv, San Salvador, London, they didn't ever have that illusion. But here we did. We thought we were invulnerable. And uh, on that day... The United States could have joined the rest of the world in its vulnerability. When I saw again today uh, how heroic and extraordinary the response was of Americans to what happened that day, uh, people just putting aside all the usual things that divide us and keep us apart, and the heroism, the sacrifice, the solidarity, people giving their lives for strangers. Uh, our vulnerability made us more human on that day. But since then, our government has chosen a different response. They're almost saying, we can erase your vulnerability. We can make you safe again. We can make you... Now, I'm all for prudential, strategic things to prevent further terrorist violence. I live 20 blocks from the White House. I'm aware that my, my family, Joy and my sons, Jack and Luke, we live on one of the top 10 terrorist targets in the world. And I want to stop further terrorist violence with all my heart, but not in a way that takes out a lot of other people's eight-year-olds and three-year-olds. How do we do this in a better way? And when the government says, we'll take away your vulnerability, just look the other way. Just don't pay attention to what we're doing. We're going to have to do some things here that may compromise our values and your values, but we have to make you safe. And I think we've lost the opportunity to, in fact, join the rest of the world in part of being human is to be vulnerable. Then you decide, how do you deal with real threats? Terrorism is a real threat, but not in a way that compromises uh, things that are essential to who we are as human beings. You know, Jim, I've got to ask you, when in all of this did we forget to honor the dignity of the human spirit? Well, I want to deny the terrorists their victory by becoming different people than we're supposed to be. And that's, that's, I think, implied in your question. Uh, yes. You know, our humanity is the most important thing to preserve. And, and we were attacked in a way that, that drew out our best. I mean, I, I was moved again to tears this morning again by watching, you know, the response of ordinary people to this horrific attack. And yet now we've become engaged in things that, uh, that, that, are, that, that may make us ashamed of the behavior of our government in the world. And, and so now and we're in this terrible war where 
you know, almost as many American lives have been lost now in the war in Iraq as we lost on September 11th. And tens of thousands of Iraqis. And the war is spiraling out of control. The insurgency, the occupation, there's no end in sight. We've lost our way here. We've just lost our way. It's time to kind of remember who we are and find a moral response to terrorism, which I think is possible. I'll be talking about that in Seattle Wednesday night, and I'm looking forward to coming back to Seattle. Let's give out that information because that's important. Let's let folks know uh, that you are going to be in town on Wednesday night and how they can find out more about it. Well, it's sponsored by Elliott Bay, wonderful bookstore, one of my favorites in the world, (laughs) at uh, Seattle First Baptist. At 7 p.m., Seattle First Baptist Church. I think the address here says 1111 Harvard Avenue. I've been there before. It was a great, great event the first time, and I'm looking forward to coming back. So Seattle First Baptist, 7 o'clock Wednesday night by Elliott Bay. We'll have a town meeting uh, about all these things and get some good conversation going. Well, I think for everyone listening, you all are familiar with the sacred activism uh, event that was here. And, you know, what Jim Wallace brings to the table is, as he said, a town meeting, because there are many things that are on people's minds. There are many, many questions. And, you know, I I, want to ask you, Jim, I mentioned the book. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Dr. Pat show. And I'm here with Jim Wallace, the uh, author of Why the Right Gets It Wrong and the Left Doesn't Get It, uh, God's Politics. Uh, This is a New York Times bestseller. And it's also an invitation, a new vision for faith and politics in America. Uh, and, and I've read the book. And as I'm reading the book, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Jim, how does this book fit in with your life, your life of the past, your life now, and your vision for the future? And, and really, what was the call to action to write this book? What are you hoping to achieve? Well, I think for a long time, uh, a lot of people were turned away from the conversation on religion and politics because it was controlled by some very strident, very loud voices on the religious right. And I wanted to write something that offered a very different kind of faith. Uh, You know, every major social reform movement in America's past, uh, abolition of slavery, uh, women's suffrage, child labor law reform, and of course civil rights, was driven and fueled in large part by religion, by faith. We have a powerful, uh, proud history of progressive faith. But that's all been forgotten. Where would we be without the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr.? We haven't heard much of that voice in recent times. Well, for a long time, I've been trying to build networks of faith and action, faith and justice around the country. And it's been growing steadily and slowly and and strongly. But all of a sudden, uh, there was a need, I think. It was just the right book at the right time. Because you don't have a response to a book on faith and politics like this unless it's revealing what people already think exactly Mm -hmm. so all around the country i people would come out and they'd say i thought i was the only one exactly (laughs) i thought i was alone and look at all these other people i don't feel alone anymore and and a whole lot of people felt like they finally were given voice to their concerns and it was their voice that finally got lifted up. And it's very freeing, Jeb. I mean, to really sit down and read something and to say, oh my gosh, I am just not alone. Let's take a short break when we come back more with Jim Wallace. If you've got questions or comments and would like to ask Jim a question, give us a call at 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819, and we'll make sure you get information on how you can join him for his town meeting. We'll be right back.
occasional indigestion got you down? After meals, do you feel bloated, heavy, tummy hurt? Does occasional heartburn and indigestion or a just plain tired feeling take the energy out of your day? Vital digestive enzymes are needed to properly digest food and E12 provides them all. Customers often report a dramatic life improvement. Visit DigestEasy.com. That's DigestEasy.com. And discover E12 food enzymes, the digestive secret thousands have benefited from. New Spirit Journal is a publication dedicated to informing, inspiring, uplifting, and amusing you, our readers. Within its pages, you will find articles and resources that make you think, feel, question, and sometimes chuckle. New Spirit Journal provides a forum for living, growing, and learning. Our writers and advertisers have something to share with the rest of the community and are as diverse as the community itself. They are regular people just like you. At New Spirit, we see every day as a new adventure. New Spirit Journal is available at 425 locations from Bellingham to Olympia and the East Side. Get your copy today and have yourself an adventure or visit us on the web at NewSpiritJournal.com. Again, that's NewSpiritJournal.com. The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. Okay, everyone, listen up. Dr. Pat brings you her favorite organic wines from the Organic Wine Company, direct to you for this limited-time special offer. Would you like to enjoy the luscious taste of natural grapes grown with love for the land and tantalizing your taste buds at the same time? Well, Dr. Pat has selected three of her favorite wines for only $49, a 40% savings. Visit www.thedrpatshow.com and click on Dr. Pat's Picks for this special offer. Or you can call 1-888-326-9463. Call the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basili is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh, new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Don't forget, this is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I'm here with Jim Wallace, and we're talking about God's politics, why the right gets it wrong and the left doesn't get it. This is about a new vision, Jim. And, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um, You know, it seems like every day we come up against uh, or I engage in a conversation which says what it's not just not working. Things are just not working. You know, people are getting poorer. Uh, people are without health care. Uh, people are just not collect- connecting. And, you know, why is the system not working? And so I would like to ask you to share your thoughts on that. Well, I live in Washington, D.C., and I can tell you politics is failing to solve the biggest issues of our time, whether it be global warming or 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 global poverty or Darfur or HIV AIDS or 
a war in Iraq that becomes more disastrous every day. And so I don't want people to withdraw from politics, which is almost always the response, but, but and not to join it, but to change it and transform it. And historically, social movements have always done that. Social movements have changed history, and the best ones always have spiritual foundations. So what we're talking about all up the coast, the West Coast this week, in town meetings is how people can join a movement that can make a difference. And, and so their lives can, they can feel like their lives are making a difference, part of something bigger than they are. Movements always give you that sort of possibility and sense of yourself. And so I think we can move and change these issues and reach a tipping point on some of the biggest issues of our time, but only if we build those movements. Well, I think that we're a little confused. I want to get your take on this. But for those of you listening, if you want to find out more about Jim, when he's coming to town and uh, how you can plug into this, go to www.sojo.net, S-O-J-O.net, and find out more about it because you're going to be here Wednesday. Wednesday at uh, First Baptist. That's right. Which, uh, sponsored by Elliott Bay. Yeah, they put on a lot of great events. I think the confusion, uh, Jim, and I want to ask you about this, is between I don't want to get involved in politics versus I don't want to get involved with, you know, social uh, uh, reform. I think it's a little confusing for people, and yet at the same time, we're watching, you know, the social aspect of what's going on here really take a turn for the worse. Well, I, I, I've been on 40 campuses in the, in the last year, and there's this bum rap that students get that they're apathetic and don't care. Mm. While it's true, they are often cynical about politics, they do care about the big issues that affect their lives and the lives of, of their own children, their thinking. So, so what they haven't found is a pathway, a pathway to be engaged. And that's what we talked about, Pepperdine, this last week here in in Los Angeles, I, I, I think uh, we're reaching a place now where we're, we're replacing cynicism with a kind of hope, not in politics as it is, but in the kind of engagement, the kind of movement building, the kind of, uh, you know, building the momentum that can really move some issues to a different place. I'm, I'm feeling it all over the country. The last place it will be felt is Washington. But around the country, there's... There's a sense of a buzz among particularly younger people. Kids stop me in airports and say, let me shake your hand. You're the only Christian I see on TV and don't throw up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have 11-year-old kids, uh, you know, in, in places like, like Seattle last time, you know, telling me that they want to change the world. And maybe people like them are going to make the difference. So when you're signing books for 12-year-olds and 10-year-olds and 8-year-olds, you know, something is happening. Uh, so I, I'm actually very hopeful these days, not about what's happening in Washington. You're right. Everything is getting worse in terms of the social conditions. But I feel, for the first time in a long time, a movement growing that I think could change that. You know, and it's because of the work that you're doing and people like you, Jim. I mean, it, it's people that are, are willing to come on and have a conversation like you and I are having today and not pigeonhole people and put them in a box. It's something well, you said before. I think people before. need to hear other voices 
to release their own voice sometimes. Well, you know, you're not going to put all Christians in a box. Right. As, and as the same thought, you're not going to put other people from other spiritual practices in a box. And, you know, there's a comment. I mean, I, I didn't ask you why the right gets it wrong. And I think I'm not even going to ask you that because I think it's going to come up in this question. There's a statement that I, that I have here that says that the monologue of the religious right is finally over and a new dialogue has begun. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because I know that that's your, that's your perspective, isn't it? Well, when I was traveling, maybe after the first couple of months on this book tour, and seeing you know, all the people who wanted to come out and talk about this, I began to, to say that, to announce that. I said, I have an announcement to make after going east, west, north, south, Texas. You know, and I'd say the monologue of the religious right is finally over. And a new dialogue has just begun. They leap to their feet and they say, yes, yes, yes. The right controlled the stage. It was a monologue. And now it's a dialogue. So now there are other voices. Uh, the Post, Washington Post, uh, yesterday, Sunday, Brian M- McLaren, who's one of my best friends, was profiled as an evangelical that's attracting lots of young evangelicals with a very different kind of message from the roots, right? Front page, Washington Post. And we see this now all the time, and, and, and I think people, people see that the, the, when you, that they want to talk about moral values, which is fine, but when they want to reduce everything to one or two issues, same-sex marriage and abortion are the only issues the right cares about. And what I say is when I find 2,000 verses in my Bible about poor people, I insist fighting poverty is a moral values issue, too protecting the environment, otherwise known as God's creation. Uh, the ethics of a war in Iraq that is spun out of control. These are all moral issues, too. So let's have a deeper conversation, and not just with Christians, but Jews and Muslims and, and a whole bunch of folks that I mean who are, who are spiritual but not religious, they say. <laughs> It's a new denomination growing all across the country. It's it's such a new denomination that we host a show, part of the Dr. Pat Network, Monday nights at 5 right here in Seattle called Interfaith Talk Radio. Sure. And, and, and in three weeks, uh, it was an overnight, uh, just people hungry for it, Jim. Um, you know, what is it going to take for us to open up our hearts to some of these issues that you're talking about. Now, poverty, not just the poverty that we see, but the poverty that could be on the horizon if we keep ignoring the elderly in this country. Well, I think, uh, you know, we see poverty rising in in every demographic in America, children, the elderly, uh, and and around the world. the, 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 The life expectancy gap uh, in the poor places and the rich places in the world. Now the difference is 40 years. So death has become a social disease. Uh, 30,000 kids dying every day is one every three seconds. And just mm. sometime today, you know, click your fingers, one every three seconds to your listeners. And that's what we're talking about. And I think people are now hearing that and seeing that and connecting that to their own faith, their own spirituality, their own sense of of uh, of you know being being a, a person with moral conscience and i i think that as long as we are not paying attention these things get worse and worse and worse but now i do see a whole generation rising up and saying i want to make my voice heard i want my life to count 
for something. Shopping doesn't satisfy the deepest longings of the human heart. Oh, you know, I want to make sure everyone knows that Seattle First Baptist Church, uh, that's uh, going to be Wednesday night. You can have sit with Jim. And you, you said the format is a uh, town hall kind of meeting. Yeah, I speak it's for a while, gathering. then open it up. It'll be okay. 7 o'clock, and I'll, I'll speak for a while, but then we'll just have a good conversation. I, I actually love coming to Seattle. And I have lots of friends there now, and I expect, a, a, again, a terrific evening. Well, you know, we want to thank you, Jim. Thank you so much thank for you. joining us today. Uh, and we'll make sure we keep mentioning to let people know. And thank you so much for all of your doing uh, in the world. It's so important. Well, we need, to, we need to, to combine our voices. And I think when that happens, we're going to see some real changes. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so Pat. much. Bye-bye. Okay, we'll see you at the event. And for those of you that want to find out more and see um, how you might tap in, www.sojo.net. Uh, and don't forget, tonight at 5 is our inter- Interfaith Talk Radio uh, hour, and you'll get to uh, chat with uh, uh, Rabbi Ted and Brother Jamal and uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Don. It's a very exciting show, and, and from what I understand, understand you all are just loving it and so uh, tomorrow we'll be right back here don't forget my interview tomorrow at seven with richard simmons on voiceamerica.com and then dr scott lynch is going to be in the house and we're going to cover a whole bunch of things with you there because this is about maximizing your life i'm dr pat basili part of the dr pat show if you still want to receive that cd from sabina keep calling that number one 800 9 Leave your phone number and name. And thank you so much for listening today. Make yourselves a great day. And remember to take a minute for all of those that have been so courageous on 9-11. See you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150 and every Tuesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com.